Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tuesday Tips for Parents of Teens here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And today, you guys, if you're watching this on video, you can see that beautiful smile of our guest, Dorothy Atema. If you're listening or oh, you're, you're just about to hear her beautiful voice and uh, and beautiful nuggets that uh, Dorothy is going to be dropping. Um, I just want to quickly introduce uh, uh, Dorothy is, um, is a coach who inspires courage and openness in women so that we women can look after ourselves, right? And our relationships and make conscious choices, right? So you guys know we're so big on being intentional and obviously when because I know the work that Dorothy does I thought this is it so so I don't get so fluffy because I can get so fluffy <laughs> Dorothy would you just like to introduce yourself do I, I'm sure I didn't do you justice just just do it do it yourself <laughs> Thank you so much. Before I introduce myself, I must remind you how your one of your one of your training helped me a lot with my teenage son, then teenage, he's now 18. So oh. I've been following you and I have really learned a lot from you and you're like really like a trailblazer for me because a lot of things I've learned about my son and how to bring him up. I've picked here and there really from you. I know there's so many other people, but you're so practical. <laughs> you're so practical. And I think it's because you also have a team. So mm -hmm. it makes a difference. Yes. So thank you so much. So my name is Dorothy Atem. I'm actually uh, based in the Netherlands, but right now I'm talking to you from Brussels. Because, uh, we also have an office in Brussels. We work from Brussels. And uh, I have a son. He's now 18. <laughs> He's gone over the teenage and he is who is actually because of some of the tips I got from from Angie. Oh. And, um, I'm a confidence coach. And I call myself a confidence coach, but I'm not a conventional con confidence coach. I look at confidence totally from a different angle. And uh, it's because of myself, I come from a, of, of, from a background, from when I was a teenager, actually of very intense insecurity. <laughs> I remember sometimes just having knots on my stomach, you know? Oh. Somehow because I, because I'm, I appear confident, I, I continued getting these leadership roles in school, mm. at work, but I was a very, 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 very uh, insecure and low self-esteem person, but I projected it with, um, instead of inferiority with superiority complex, so no, it wasn't very visible, you know, let me say that. But from coming from a point of insecurity, the kind of healing I got really, and, and I, the kind of approach that helped me to do that made me realize it is so easy and, Every woman should be going through it. And I decided that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Oh, so. what a beautiful <laughs> background story. You know, I, 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 I like it when, when people say they are not conventional. I like it when, because we are not. We, game changers are not usually conventional. We, we I, I would say, we come up with, with stuff 
that it bogs the boat and it changes the game. And that's and that's what you're talking about. And I I like your vulnerability when you said you put this facade, you put a face on, right? But behind it, there was um, an insecurity. And I can say, I'm sure many of us have had moments like those. And uh, we went along. But what I want, I, I want, I want us to talk about today, Dorothy, is first of all, I'm going to be asking you about intentional intentionality in your own life and intentionality in your parenting. And I'm first of all, I'm so glad to hear that you actually took those steps. You know, look, most people think that doing parenting classes is for bad parents. No, it's for leaders. Leaders are learners. Right. And what I usually say is how we were parented in our years, that 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 is extinct. We are parenting young people in a totally different generation. And we cannot we cannot do what our parents do because it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. right? and, 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 and I'm so glad to hear that some of the tips that we shared. And, and you know what? What used to, I used, I, before I actually started working with parents, I used to work with teenagers. And I used to see this divide between parents and teenagers. And we would be here empowering teenagers, but then the parents don't understand what's happening. And, and, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of uh, conflict between the parent and the teenager. And that's when I started thinking, actually, what we need to do is probably educate parents to understand what's happening in this young... Our kids are not out to get us. They're not. No, they no. don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to give her a hard time. No. It's no. what's happening in their brains and their bodies. And when we understand that, we are able to be more compassionate. So I want you to tell us, Dorothy, um, when... I mean, for you to do and change, even to become this confidence coach, it must have started from you. So what exactly did you do? Because I know you took steps. You became intentional. You, what, what, I would like to share with us what you did. So can I, can I just give you a little bit of background of myself of when I reached the, the end of the road? Because I believe everyone needs to reach the end of the road where you decide now something needs to change. Go for it. <laughs> so I, I, I come from uh, a family of eight and I'm the firstborn and my dad was a preacher. So, so there were these expectations about me living my life to be the best girl and whatever. And one day, I was sneaking out to go to a disco and my dad <laughs> caught me. Yeah. He said, I must be having bad company. And he sent me 400 kilometers away from my home to live with my uncle. Mm. And I took that as rejection. And that was the seed of my insecurity. And I'm giving a little bit of my background to show sometimes how our insecurity goes so far. Mm. And so when you're intentional, you need to know sometimes you're being intentional because there's some things which are coming from so far, mm. which you take care of, you know? Wow. So I, I, I experienced it as rejection and had a very difficult relationship with my dad until I got married, you know, for many years, that is. Mm. Then when I, when I met my husband, he was my colleague. 
and we were going to get married, mm. I was again, real, uh, again, I experienced rejection because he was from Netherlands. He was mm. Dutch and, and, and I was African. When he, when, he, when he said he was going to marry me, he was um, terminated abruptly because he is marrying a native. Ooh. So you can imagine, because I already had a seed of rejection from my dad. So this thing, again, weighed very heavily on me. I experienced it as rejection. But oh. anyway, when you're on in love, you're on cloud nine. So that yeah. somehow I didn't deal with it. I suppressed it. We got married after two years because his, his contract had been terminated and we were working in Africa and he couldn't get a job anywhere else. We had to relocate to the Netherlands. And that was the most difficult decision because I was educated on a scholarship and believed that I was educated on a scholarship to be a solution for Africa. So I never planned at any time to leave Africa unless mm -hmm. for a visit to Europe and back, you know? Mm -hmm. And he had also come to die and help, uh, die helping the Africans. So we thought we were a match made in heaven. Yeah. But then when we relocated to the Netherlands, the very first day I arrived in Netherlands, um, we, I was supposed to pick my residence permit. When I went to pick my residence permit, a process which took like, it should take like an hour for me, took very many hours and I didn't get it because the officer who was in charge decided she wanted to change my name. Oh. So my name, so, you know, it's like rejection was following me everywhere and in big, big chunks, you know, this was really traumatizing because I was just getting to, to, gra to grasp with the fact that I had left my home, I had left my career, I had left everything I knew, I'd come to a country where I don't understand the culture, I don't understand the language. The first day is when things start dawning on you. And then this woman decides she wants to change my name from my husband's surname to back to my husband's surname. Ooh. And all my documents, even my passport, my insurance, everything was in my, in my husband's surname. Because when we got married in Kenya, in Kenya, you automatically change everything to your husband's surname. Mm -hmm. So, and and what I realized is she wasn't even interested in listening to what I had to say. Wow. She wasn't even interested in looking at my passport to see what surname was there. She was mm -hmm. just being mean, and because she she felt she had power. And so, from that experience, I felt like I had come to a place where people didn't. I felt the rejection so heavily, like people who don't care about me, they don't value me, they don't want me here. And from there, henceforth, I went into depression. God. So when I went into depression for five years and I had no idea, I even got a job, a high flying job, traveling everywhere. And I was in depression and I had no idea. I was very unhappy. And at the same time, I had a child. So when you're in that state, when you're not happy, you can imagine what kind of a, pa a parent you are, number mm. one the kind of a wife you are, number mm. one. Very irritable. I had really um, dysfunctions uh, of wanting to control everything. I wanted my husband to do everything the way I wanted, the way whenever I wanted. Because of this extreme insecurity, you end up being a control freak because you're looking for anything you can control because the rest of your life, you feel it has lost control, you wow. know? Yeah. So, so because of all that, even my son, there are things I did to him that I, to this day, I feel so sad because I was acting out of a pain. Mm. You know? And when my marriage was almost breaking because of this in five years, I knew something had to happen. So that's how I went looking for help. Wow. And I went 
and I went to, I didn't trust therapists. So I went into a coaching program mm -hmm. and that coaching program, I found out that even the problem with me was not even the, the woman who tried to change my name. Mm. The problem with me was not anybody else who had tried to be mean to me because when, you know, when you're negative, all the negativity follows you. So mm -hmm. because I was so negative, I had horrible experiences of people who were negative because my negativity was attracting every negativity. It was just gravitated, gravitating towards me. Mm. But because of that, because of, of my dysfunctions, I became a person who, you know, even as a mother, even as a wife, I, I was just full of conflict and things were, really, were getting out of hand. Mm. But when I went for coaching, I realized that in coaching, I needed to, I needed to take care of my own business, you know? That's yeah. what I like about coaching. Mm. Coaching will let you solve your own problem you your own insight is more important than any advice from anybody absolutely and when that that was like my aha moment wow you know nobody even solved my own problems mm. because the answers the answers are always within us in fact, in fact what i usually tell parents is i never tell anyone what to do but what i do is i put the light on right i put the light on for you and then you look you can see you can see all these answers were here for you right and and that's what coaches that's what mentors that's what we do if, yes and, and that's why i don't do I, I don't believe in training as such because i i believe in mentoring i believe in coaching because what we do it helps you expand your mind and when you expand your mind you begin to think of solutions for yourself because all of us are different. And I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you, oh, go and do one, two, three with your kid. And then what, what about tomorrow when, when they yeah. do something different? But what I can say is, what, what I can say to you is, have you considered taking a moment when your kid comes, when they're angry, taking a moment, and just listening to them, right? That, that is something that's transferable to so many situations. So I, I like the way you talk about, uh, you, you know, I love you so much, Dorothy, you know, I, I, I love you. These are the conversations that women need to have so we can heal. The truth is we have so much baggage, right? We have so much baggage from, from like, like what you said, it's something I like to talk about trauma. Some people say, oh, I had, I had a good life uh, or, or my parents and family did this and I grew up okay, I'm okay. But what we don't realize is, is trauma. Trauma can be, it, it, it can be anything that stressed you, anything yes. that distorted the, 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 the design of who you are. And yes. then it's, it's it's stored in your body memory and your mind memory, and for doing and because of that, for example, when you said when you said that uh, you you had this high flying uh, job and you wanted everyone to do exactly what you because you wanted to take control, right? But in doing that, you are harming the people around you, right? Absolutely. And I know I have been in such situation as well, feeling I want to take charge because 
Maybe when I was younger, I didn't feel I was in charge, but now that I am in charge, anything I'll take, you know, I'll, I'll even dictate what kind of coffee or tea that, that might, my, my, but that's unfair for them, yeah? So I want to talk about um, that moment when you decided something has to change, something has to change. I want you to imagine this, somebody with internal struggles beyond your imagination. Mm -hmm. Internal struggle. Sometimes I've even written in my book uh, that it felt like I was bleeding, mm -hmm. literally, literally. Because mm -hmm. here I am trying to control people through manipulation, through guilt or shame in mm -hmm. my home or through praise or through silence. Here I am trying to control the problems. The fact that my life is spiraling out of control, I'm trying to control it and I'm not able to. Here I am trying to avoid facing the pain I'm feeling. You know? Mm. And, and it, now, and in, on, on top of all that turmoil inside of, of low self-esteem and being so unhappy, outside, it's manifesting in fear. I have fear. I don't want people to find out I'm unhappy because yeah. I have this job and I'm traveling everywhere. I'm dressed so nicely. I have smiled. So I, then I have all these other very funny habits, <laughs> which definitely are not natural to who I am. Mm. So definitely they're adding into the unhappiness. And then I'm also so frustrated because I'm trying with all my willpower to change. I know something needs to change. I know I need to feel to stop feeling unhappy. I know I need to stop controlling people because at the end of the day, I end up with so many conflicts at work. I was not the best colleague, you know? So I want to stop it, but I can't. At the same time, I have fear uh, and, and fatigue all the time tired because of trying to juggle all this. So I'm all the time tired, tired. And at the same time, I'm so tired, I have no time to rest. Because if I'm not working, I'm at home doing something. If I'm not doing that, I, I, was, I had even an addiction on social media, anything to keep me busy so that I don't have a moment to rest and I have to confront the skeletons in my, in my closet. So, I mean, such a life and then you see you're growing the gap between you and your spouse and your partner is growing bigger and bigger and you now this this i'm definitely going down into into some ditch i'm i'm, I'm going down the wrong way mm -hmm. and i'm such a I'm, a I'm such a problem solver and i think that's what helped me to just know i need to solve this and i started looking for help everywhere you know and i but, like i like what you say about as much as I'm hearing you have all this sort of turmoil, you're a very reflective person because yes. I can hear you saying that I'm thinking something has to change. I'm thinking that this is doing this. And 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 you're and a couple a couple of times you have mentioned about seeking help, support. Yes. yes. In this society, we need to be people who actually seek support in fact seeking support is one it's it's a strength and one of the things i say to people is any person and and remember parenting is leadership if you want to succeed in any area of your life you've got to have a mentor you've got to have a coach you can't do it by yourself right 
because if you if you could do it by yourself, you'd already been been doing it. You'd already been flying. And even then, think about great leaders. Think about great. Uh, footballers, anyone, anyone, even I have coaches and mentors, right? I, I even today, I have, I will think, I will think this, this is not working, this bit is not working. And in so many areas, and it's very important for us to normalize seeking solution and seeking support, right? And, and I like what you say, and, and, and I believe, and which is something I'm going to ask you, it will take a sort of confidence to do that because, because without confidence, yes, you, you can't you can't even seek for help because you're trying to, to hide. But when you have confidence, you know that wait a minute, it doesn't mean that I'm bad, it means in this particular area I want to improve. And yes. that's what confidence does for you. So I I want you to to, to talk to us about some of the beliefs around coaching that are very, you know, that are very, what can I say? Some of the beliefs that are toxic, you know, for, for, for example, for, for example, people say, oh, I, I don't need, I don't need to, I don't need help for this particular thing. You don't need to look like, like the one I said earlier about, uh, about, um, if you're looking, if you're seeking for parenting support, it means you're a bad parent. That is something we've been telling parents. In fact, the other day I wrote, because um, I'm the royal, royal family commentator for Parenting Expert. Mm -hmm. I, one, one of the things I like about Kate is, is the, 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 the parent she is. She's she just doesn't parent by default, which is what most of us do. You get a kid and you just go on. She is constantly seeking support. She is constantly even encouraging parents to seek support and uh, saying to parents, it's, it's okay to seek support. It's okay. And, and it's one of the things as a leader for me, I, I feel she is she has taken this parenting leadership literally and and that's why she is very and i believe she's going to be very successful in it she's already been successful so far and and and, and she's going to be very successful why because as a leader as a learner she's always okay what what, what can i do here right what can i and and you you would think everyone people would think okay she's royalty she doesn't need that but that's the thing that's our thinking so some of our thinking we need to drop it to think like oh because it used to be if you're seeking for parenting support you're a bad parent that's that's not that's not what it is it means you're a leader seeking to improve your skills because especially as our young people grow as they become their you know when they're little they're little we can we can tell them what we want and, and they'll do it which is blind obedience but then they they become to get into their own and become they begin to have a mind of their own and that's when conflict starts because they want to question why and most of the things we're asking them to even we don't know why we're asking them to do it right and it's very important to have those conversations and yes. get 
and get into groups with with people you mean like seek seek out someone like dorothy if if for example you you're having situations like where you feel you're going down that depression route because any one of us can yeah yeah so so tell us about some of the beliefs surrounding coaching and and the work that you do so so we can you can we can dismantle those beliefs here and now <laughs> well first of all i love what you're saying that we are leaders you are not a leader until you can be a follower okay that's right. You can never be a leader until you can also be a follower. And why? Because I'm telling you, you can learn something from anyone, even from a child, you know? So, so what's a big deal about, you know, uh, about, about learning? Um, and for me, I, I want to say this. I, I, for me as a parent, and when I talk to women, I want women to understand this. And I'm going to, to make a very, very controversial statement. There are no, there are no uh, bad behaved teenagers. They are only bad behaved parenting. Sorry to say. <laughs> because the teenagers reflect us. I, I strongly believe that. And I've seen it in my own life. The teenagers be, reflect who we are. And you have to know that even when, when, I, when I was going through all this rejection, my, my, my problem in the Netherlands was compounded because I, I was carrying a pain of a grandmother I wasn't even close to. That's another story for another time. That, some, that sometimes we even carry generational things we have no idea with, about. And don't forget that we are spiritual, we have a physical and we have a mind. Mm. And a lot of things that, that affect us are in the mind. Mm. And those, they, they, they have been there since we grew up. The background we come from, the experiences we've had in life has distorted us and informed us on things that actually, if I didn't go for coaching, if I didn't have another person helping me, I wouldn't have identified some of the things that were problems for me. And so, first of all, and you, have, you have to be coachable. You have to and, be coachable. and also, I like what you said because when you're in the jar, you can't see the label, right? No. When you're in the jar, you can't see the label, and that's why it's important to have a coach, to have yes. a mentor, and and uh, a safe one. Because what they do is they they put the light on for you, and you begin to see. You begin to see parts of yourself that you don't like and you begin to see parts of yourself that you like, you begin to see part of yourself that you can improve, part of yourself that you need to abandon. And, and uh, I like what you said about um, badly behaved parents, right? And let's go there a little bit because <laughs> it really is about ignorance. And I, I like to say to people, and we talk a lot about psychology here, and it's called mirroring, right? What yes. happens is our young people, our young people will mirror what we do. And that's why one of the things I talk about in our programs is modeling. Who are you? Are you, are you the person that you're requiring your kid to be? Because if you're not, it's... It, how can they how, how can they be what you're not 
right? And, and most parents will argue with me. Oh, no, I'm very loving. We don't do this at home. We don't do this at home. But energy does not lie, right? Energy, and, and you guys, when, 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 you, when we talk about energy, what I'm talking about is you as a person and me as a person, you, Dorothy, you guys that are listening, we all have what we call electromagnetic field around us. Einstein called, this, called it the field. And this is a combination of, of what we are thinking, of what we are feeling. And, and, you know, like, for example, you could be putting on a show that I'm all confident, but your feelings inside is of, of low self-esteem, of anger, and all that. And that is your field, right? It, it's invisible, right? And, and you guys may be thinking, oh, this one's talking woo-woo stuff. It's not woo-woo stuff. It is, I think, all of us, when we were younger, can you remember an exercise we did in physics where, where we put a magnet, magnet on one side of a paper, and then we put some... Uh, ion on the other side and what happened you know like there you've got you've got uh, for example you've got um you've got a magnet here and then on this other side you have ion what happens the ion particles gravitate towards the to, to the magnet right why because there's a field there's a magnetic field and that's and that's what we are and that's when, when Dorothy said, you know, when you're angry, watch it. You, you watch it. When you're angry, there'll be so many people angry around you. When, you, when, you're, when you're feeling defeated, when you're feeling, um, uh, like, like you said, about rejection, there will be all those things to show you, yeah, let's give you some more of that. Let's give you some more of that. This is what you're attracting. And that's why it's very, very important to work on ourselves. And... I think uh, one of the things I've heard you talk about is um, is healing, is healing what what people call the inner child, or yes. I don't know how, how you put it. And I love that because until until we have cleaned up our space, our internal space, we will continue to attract all these things that we don't want, all the things we are saying we don't want including how we bring up our children, right? And, and here, this is not a, a space to, to shame or blame anyone. This is, a, is, this is a time to think, oh my God, I've been doing this, I've been doing this, I need to change and then let's go. It's not you kick yourself on, oh no, Angela said, oh, this is the end of it. It's never the end of it. You can change today, you can change today you can begin today so tell us about that healing the personal healing so that you can influence other people around you I'll, I'll tell you why i decided to to go into confidence coaching the confidence coaching i talk about is that exactly that healing and i believe every parent needs to go through healing mm. if not for things you have been through in this life because of where you came from. It doesn't matter whether you, you grew up in Timbuktu, Africa, uh, Washington, White House, it doesn't matter where. Mm. We all have some baggage and that's why we need to heal. And I like what you are calling it magnetic, but I do strongly believe that we 
our emotions, especially women. Mm. Many of us, because of our past and what we have experienced, we, we get some emotional wounding. I, I look at the, at the rejection I got from my dad as an emotional wound, which mm -hmm. needed to be healed. Mm. And if it wasn't healed, it was bleeding. So if, you, if you're not healed, you bleed over into your children, into your husband, into your work, into your friends. Um, and, and you're not authentic. You don't even enjoy life yourself. And I'll tell you what. For me, what really made me decide this is my life's calling, it was around this time there was ISIS. You know, there was so much hype about ISIS. And in the Netherlands, there was a very big debate mm. of how come we have these children who have been we ha who have been born here in the Netherlands have experienced the, our education system like all our Dutch children. Mm. And how come they are in the end deciding to go back, go to ISIS, be trained and come and bomb us. That was mm -hmm. a, just a paradox that the government was, was a discourse that was in the discussions. Mm -hmm. And I understood it very well because the hatred I had for the Dutch people when I came and when I, when, because of the rejection I felt at the, at the office mm -hmm. was, was I was consistently talking about my anger my rejection of them, my hatred of them. I was, and here I have a son who is Dutch. I wanted to imagine that. Here yeah. I have a son who is Dutch and I'm talking about all the time because of course I'm very negative. Mm. All the Dutch people who don't like Africans will be lined up for me. And some of them was even, I'm, I'm imagining, some, some, of, some of them, the problems we go through women are in our heads, they're not real. I know some of those things I was seeing were in my heads because I went to telling people, I met this person, he was so racist, he did this to me. And my other brown and, and black friends were telling me, I've never experienced that. Are you sure you're not exaggerating, you know? <laughs> Really? <laughs> That's when I, I knew I had a problem, you know, because my own friends, my people of my own color are telling me we have never experienced that. So how come? But the problem is that all that hatred and resentment, I was heaping it on my son, mm. on his identity. Wow. So, how, so when they grow up and they become teenagers, you've bled your anger and your frustration <laughs> on them. And I, it is not a wonder that some of them would be so angry and decide to go to ISIS and be trained and come and bomb us. You it, it's not perfect to think that way. It's not perfect because if this child every time is coming home, he's hearing you complaining about the Dutch people because that's what I used to do. Mm. And he is Dutch. What are you? Ex what are you expecting? There's a hatred. You, you're you're literally breeding hatred. You know that reminds me. That reminds me of a parent that I, I, I spoke with and coached some time ago and she was, um, she, she had this hatred for teachers. Yeah. She used to talk about how these, uh, these teachers, they don't know anything, they don't do anything, they don't, you know, she would go on and on. And then she was also complaining that her kid is underperforming. So when I sat down with her, yeah. I said to her, let me ask you something. Do you see how you're contributing to your own kid failure? Absolutely. She's just like, no, no way. I, I even take my kid for, for extra coaching. I do this, I do this, I do this. I said, it's all good to do all those things. But here is what's happening. You're here talking about how those people don't know anything. 
Mm-hmm. Now, those people are no good. And then you send your kids to someone who doesn't know anything and who is no good. Mm-hmm. Are they going to listen to them? No. No, they're not going to listen to them. Even I would listen to someone who doesn't know anything. And, then do, and, and you see, she was like, oh my goodness. It, you know, it, it downed on her like, oh my goodness, I have been contributing to my kids' failure all this time. That's why I think really, the, to go back to the subject of healing, really to be, the, and that's why I think even when, when, when our teenagers are misbehaving, sometimes we need to look at ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not blame the teenagers because we need healing. I think every mother needs healing. And uh, it doesn't mean that you've done atrocities or you, there's something wrong. But for me, I still, I still have coaches up to now, you know, and I'm still discovering things that are making me behave in a way that I don't want up to now. It's, you know? it's called the, the paradigm. It's, it's called the, the mindset, our paradigm, you know. And- yeah. And it's and it's true because I'll tell you what you know I'm very uh, my daughter and I have a very close relationship now and it's very open and it's very you know so much so sometimes I have to say oh careful you know don't, don't forget that even even with all this openness there still needs to be respect for 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 between us as a person as a parent and a young person there, there still needs to be to be that respect and um but w- what i wanted to say is because of um th- there was a time actually it wasn't like that and and here is the thing i, I don't know for whatever reason i thought i thought oh I'm, I'm this adolescent psychologist. I I know what, what what to do. I've been doing this for years, and uh, you know. And when my kid got to to twelve, thirteen, I thought things would just work. I don't need to do anything. Why? why I know everything, right? And I tell you what, Dorothy, it was not pretty. And I can remember some nights I used to think. No, I can't believe this. You know, like you said, it is so shameful. It's embarrassing. You're like, your kid is not even talking to you, right? And when they speak to you, they're granting. And I'm thinking, no, we should know better. But then what I realized about myself was, is that thinking, I don't have to do anything. I know it. I know it. But one of the things we really emphasize here is you don't know anything until you're doing it. Yes. You don't know anything until you're doing it, right? And what I was doing is thinking that I know because I've been teaching this and, and it's changing parents' lives and it's changing young people's lives, it's changing families, but I'm thinking I don't have to do it, right? But I remember the day, there was a day I it's something I knew something had to change. Otherwise I was going to die. You know, I, I thought, no, I'm going to die. If this carries on like this, I'm going to die, right? And that's when I decided I'm going to do exactly what I asked parents to do. All these tips that I say to them, do this, do this, I'm going to do it. And believe me, within a couple of weeks, things began to change. Why? Because I took action on the information. Yes. So, what I'm trying to say is no one is invincible. 
No. No, one, no one is invincible. You can't start there, think uh, think that you know it all or you're pay- you we have to parent by design. It's a conscious, it's a conscious choice, it's an intentional choice. When you're speaking to your young person, have you thought through it? You know, when, when you're responding. Are you, res- are you reacting or are you responding, you know? And constantly asking yourself, am I being the person I want them to be? Because if you're not being the person that you want them to be, that means that they're looking at you and thinking, what's wrong? You know, they, they, some of them will tell you, some of them will tell you. They'll say, what's wrong with you? Why, why should I follow you? And uh, you, you're not doing what you're saying that we should do, you see? And... Uh, and that can be very detrimental. So it's really, really important to, to, to become, to heal, you yes. know, to heal. Have, so talk to us about um, some, some blind spots. Because mm-hmm. I believe when we have those wounds, yes. we have sort of blind spots, you know, maybe the yes. way we speak to them, the, the, what we demand of them. Yes. We, talk to us about that, Dorothy. If I look in my in my in in myself and the women I coach and my, just my experiences in the coaching in the last two years, uh, the blind spots we have sometimes we are impatient, but actually the problem is us. It's not mm-hmm. the children. We get very irritable and and very short. Uh, uh, You freeze. You're frozen. I tell you something. Mm-hmm. He's not very uh, neat, and I used to go to his room and tell him, "Your room looks like a dustbin." <laughs> so what am I doing? I'm shaming him. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know that what was happening is I had shame. I was transferring my shame to him by shaming him mm-hmm. thinking by shaming him i'm helping him but the danger is and that's why i mean and that's why i like what you're doing angie is that when you shame your child your child grows to also your child has to dump that shame somewhere else mm-hmm. so, so so you're you're also bringing up an insecure person just like yourself absolutely absolutely and 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 that's why it's very important to think what am I doing? What am I yes. saying? But for example, yes. you said that you're, I mean, most, most teenagers that I know, they're not very neat, right? No. Inclu- including mine. And, I've, and also I've worked with thousands of them. And it's not, it doesn't, you know, some, some people <laughs> tell me, oh, my one is very neat and everything. Every once in a while, some of them will get up and, and do it. But then naturally, they, they don't, they just don't want to do anything right? They, they don't want to do anything. But we as parents need to be very, very cautious about yeah. how we, we ask for, for, for things to be done, right? Like, like I'm sure you've listened to, to one of those. One of the things I say to parents is, for example, if you go and find that, that room, and sometimes the kids think because they, they their rooms think because first of all, these kids uh, have hormones and all that, and they can even they can even be washing, but they they can smell, right? They they smell, 
and and I'm not saying this for you guys know well, you if you have a teenager you know that to be true because even before I got mine I used to wonder oh why are these kids you know they, they, you know <laughs> you know they come from all these lovely families and all that they go the deodorant they go but the kids smelling yeah and then and then you discover actually it's the hormones and and that and um, so we need to be very sensitive about how we deal with our young people and what I always say to parents when you walk in and find something like that maybe maybe the room's not very neat or it's, or they haven't opened the the, the, the blinds yes and it's, and it's about midday what I say to parents is look for four things which is what I call the 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 80 20 rule Look for four things that you can praise your kid on before you ask them to do that one thing. And here is why. And you brought that thing of shame because when we parent our kids with shame and guilt and blame, they become extremely insecure yes. and angry. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, they will dump it on someone else, right? So what we are doing is we are propagating, you know, hurt. You know, you've heard the saying, hurting people hurt others. So think about practicing, practicing. When I, when I notice something is not right, what four things can I identify in that space that I can pick as positive? And this is why this is so important. Yes. When we... During teenage years, our young people have, there is a reward center in their brain. Yes. And they like to be praised. They, they like, it's craving for praise. So when we say, for example, um, oh, your hair looks lovely or whatever, say something, look for something. There is always something. Or, or even notice, oh, I noticed that that, that, uh, that picture was there and then you put it in a nice place or something, look for four things, you can find them. Don't tell me you can't find them. And then ask them to do that one thing because what you're doing when you do that is you are rewarding that part of the brain that loves to be rewarded. And when, you're, when they are in that state, when they are feeling happy because they've been rewarded, they are more receptive they're more likely to do what you're asking them to do. So this thing of, of shaming, be very careful about, let's be very, very careful about the words, you know, and, and, and unfortunately I say, I remember, you know, I remember my mom and, 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 and everyone really, some of the things they would say when I reflect, I'm like, how can you tell a kid that, you know, you know, how can, how can you say such things to a kid? Right, yeah. and you think it's okay, and you mm -hmm. see people laughing about it. Oh, my parents did this. My, my, my parents said, uh, "If you don't, if you don't come back, go kill yourself." Things, things like stuff, stuff like that, yeah. and that can be very traumatizing for our young people. So, Dorothy, I want we're coming to almost the end of the session, and and I'm really, really enjoying your this conversation, and I love when. In terms of um, practical tips, I would yes. like you to tell us today what sort of self-care tips can you, yes. our, our people, you know, our parents here, 
mm-hmm. in terms of confidence, in terms in terms of being conscious, in terms of yes. being intentional. What what tips have you got for us? I first of all, I think every parent needs a coach. If you don't, if you can't get a coach, get into a group coach. You know, sometimes one it's expensive to get a one-on-one coach. Group mm-hmm. coaches are group group coaching programs are good because, and and you are so good, Angie. I've used your tips with my son to become uh, vulnerable with him. I really like your tips because they are very very practical. I think I even remember writing to you. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> but so so really, there is no way, no way. The tip number one: get a coach, get help. You, do you know I was shaming my son because I was brought up in a, by a shaming father? I mean, do you know some of the things you're doing with your children because of where you're coming from? You're not even aware of it. So tip number one, you need to go get a coach because you need to get I, to what I call reality check. I've written mm-hmm. a book called Invisible, uh, Invisible Normal. Mm-hmm. And, and why that title is because I believe that we need to, to expose things that are vis- that are in that are, are not visible to become visible mm-hmm. and for us to even get into a confidence where we are not invisible ourselves anymore we are we are visible mm-hmm. you know and first of all because you need to get into a reality check every parent needs to get to a place where you get into a reality check of exactly coming out of denial if you're in denial you know most of us sometimes denial is is an is, is a coping mechanism so yes. it's, it's not that it is a bad thing mm. sometimes to cope like for me to cope with the fact that I had a problem and I was in depression for five years what took me five years was denial you know to cope with it for the, so denial is not like it's a negative thing mm. so you need to first of all get into a place where you come out of denial mm fact that you may need healing to change the way you parent and coming out of denial of the fact that maybe your your children have a problem because um because of the way your home is or the way you brought them up uh, out and it's not necessarily to blame you Mm -hmm. like my son had a problem because of the way i brought him up with shaming him you know Mm -hmm. as he grew older he was getting to a point where he couldn't take it anymore. And so he can talk to me back and, and refuse is not going to do anything, you know? So, and step number two, also why you need coaching is because you need to know what you can control and what you can't control. Most of us mothers are, are busy controlling things which we have no business. You have no business at all. At all. That's why you're getting fatigued, frustrated. You know, you need to get to a place whereby you really get into into a reality check, come out of denial and and get to know exactly what is controlling you. Sometimes we are being controlled by things that we need to get rid of. What can you control? What can't you control? So because so that you you become healed and you become free, you know, and like I said, also, by doing that, that process needs, needs to let you to bring you to a place whereby you have to be ready to let go of so many things. I like the, there's a there's a writer who has written a book called um, Change for Good. I think a writer called uh, Proshak. I don't know whether you know him and Declement. Two 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 writers. Yeah. They have and, and and they have given six steps. I don't know if I can remember all of them for change. Yeah. They say they say there is the. Uh, 
I don't know what they call it pre what uh, there, there is a place where but I think it's a preamble or something where you say I it's so difficult I can't change I don't know what I'm going to do mm. it doesn't mean you can't change it's just a stage of change and then yeah. there is a place whereby you decide okay I think I need to change this mm-hmm. and then there's a stage whereby you say okay I have to take now action and then you say I'm changing now and there's also the maintenance step whereby you decide okay I'm changing but I haven't arrived Yes. I'm continue changing. I'm changing. I haven't arrived there until you reach a place you really change. So for the parents, we, we need to read the, it doesn't matter what stage you are at, mm-hmm. whether you think it's so difficult, we, nobody understands you and what have you, is that just a stage of change? You can move from there and move into really putting into action to change. If there's something that you feel is undesirable for you, you know? <laughs> And begin with yourself, begin mm-hmm. with yourself, not even your child, begin. I think we, when, when I, I began with myself and I got whole, and then I took some of your tips, Angie, about how to be open with my son, it brought a lot of healing, mm-hmm. you know, and changed my son. So it really, the whole thing began with me. Absolutely. And, and you know, honestly, honestly, I, I can tell you, I remember, I remember when I was talking about when I, that time I remember crying and and this quote from Mother Teresa came to my head that if you want to change the world go home and love your family yes I love my family you know I was like I love my family what are you talking about (laughs) and that's what I said you know go home and practice what you preach you know and it's about really working on me because honestly when we begin to change and I, I know, I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. When we begin to change, people around us change. Yes. People around us, change, especially those, the people that love us, they will notice the change. Those people who don't love you, they'll go. They'll probably go because they are used to the drama and, and trauma. They'll go. But your family, they will benefit. They will benefit from you being a cool, calm, collected confident especially mothers yeah because um because when we are stressed i usually say that when your cup is empty because sometimes we are operating on empty when your cup is empty and and people are around you and you want to pour for them there's nothing for you to pour and then you get frustrated you begin to resent them you you begin to resent the people around you Yes. But it's because we are not constantly filling our cups. And it's very important for us to fill our cups. And yes. which is what, and also I believe, I know, I, 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 maybe we should have this conversation. When you began to have that confidence and vulnerability, right? Yes. yes. I want you to tell us how your relationship with your kid changed because I have had, I love these stories. You know, I love to hear these stories when, when, when I change, you know, when, and I have my own stories, you know, when I, 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 please tell us how, like one thing that actually changed. Before I go to that, I still have two, two blind spots that I wanted to tell the parents. Oh, go on, go on. If you have a secret, if you have family secrets, those are killers, killers. Mm-hmm. Where you tell children, do not tell, you know, those are killers. Even there, there is a thing which says you are as sick as your secrets. And yeah. some of us came with those 
from where we come from. I'm still talking about a parent getting healed. That's yeah. another blind spot we have. Another one is unforgiveness. Mm. Unforgiveness uh, will bleed any other way. In fact, there is a saying that when you keep a score, it, it comes to your stomach. When you're angry, your stomach keeps a score. <laughs> physically, literally, literally, I can tell you as, as, as scientists, as psychologists, when we have, and, and you know, when I talk about these things like forgiveness and ask people, just let go. Literally, you can see, because you know, when you said that the stomach, did you know our gut, our gut has a brain, has a, and we can literally observe how, you know, how knotted, how, how dark, how unhealthy it is on people who have resentment and forgiveness. It's literally, it's not just, it's not, about, you know, because sometimes it's easy for us to quote the Bible and say, yeah, and it's quick and good. But obviously not everyone here talks about the Bible. So when I explain to people about the physical, the physical exhibition of, of, of our heart, of our unforgiveness, how it actually ruins us. And, and we have so many problems, you know, like, and that's what we call psycho, psychosomatic illnesses. You know, people are ill, you go to the doctor, the doctor cannot see anything physically. Why, why are your knees hurting? There's nothing physical about why is your stomach hurting? There's nothing. Those are those are problems with unforgiveness, resentment. You know, those hearts, like you said, a score was kept there, and it was a dirty score. It was a it was a bad secret. You know. So yeah, so I I love when you explain that. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, so we go on. So that's why that's why, and some of these things you need help. So I'm going back again to. Please look for help, uh, mm -hmm. coach, group, uh, coach. Uh, so that your your other question was about my son. Yes. <laughs> so my son, if I might just go back to the story of the shaming, I really had to give him my story from how I was brought up mm -hmm. and how my dad brought me up and how he used to compare me and tell me you're not as good as so and so you know and all that and those are and those are like with my cousins uh or within with the family friends if they get better scores than me in, in school that was his way of motivating by shaming you you know mm -hmm. that you should be better than that and so i i explained that to my son and i explained it to him how without knowing because that shame is in you. So my parenting, because I'm parenting him the way I saw being parented, mm. I'm just passing shame to him and really explain to him the danger of it. Because it steals, it steals from you. Shame, shame, you, and I'm sure you have explained you as a psychologist, you can explain this better than me that uh, shame actually, you you take the personality of shame. I am bad, I'm not good enough. It's not like guilt. So shame becomes your identity. Yeah. It stops your identity, who you mm. are. And so I explained about that and just asked him to forgive me for, for I did not know that that's what I was doing and mm. told him we have to walk in a journey whereby if I in any way do something that he feels I'm shaming him and not correcting him for him to tell me, mm. 
because I told him I've never been a mother of a teenager before. Oh, that's and I didn't know this was I didn't know this was bad before. And because I've learned all my life to do this, it's going to take a process for me to stop doing this. Yeah. And 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 that brought such a respect between me and my son. There's nothing he cannot tell me. That he became very open. And I'm amazed at even how he admires me. If he if he, if there's anything he wants to hear my opinion, you know, I moved from a a place of antagonistic relationship because we are very much alike (laughs) to a place of respect whereby I really see he listens to me and uh, and and I also listen to him that is so amazing that is so amazing guys these things work these things work and it's and it's so important that we we rise up as especially as mothers especially as as women, because we really are so instrumental in our young people's lives. And and especially in teenage years, one of the things that that our young people are looking for above all things is connection, connection. And that's why when they don't have it with us, they they will go and get it from whoever out there. And, And these days, it's even more dangerous because if my kid, if my kid feels not loved or anything, they can click on the phone and speak to some person in Japan or who, 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 who you don't even know who they are. They're going to tell them, oh, do, oh, your parents don't understand you. Oh, I understand you. Or forget <laughs> them. You know, and then they start, and that's how our kids are being exploited. Even if they're not being exploited physically, they're being exploited in, in, in crime, sex, you know. Yeah drugs and also and also having mental health problems so connection is very very important so how how we speak and actually let me just say what Dorothy you said about knowing me knowing me as a parent and healing healing because if you if you've lived in this world for 10 years, I mean, by the time you're, you're having teenagers, at least you're about 20 or something, so some age or something, you've come through stuff. And we need to be able to process that. Otherwise, we're going to pass on to our kids. So I want you, before we finish, if you can give us, uh, again, I know I asked you for, for practical steps, right? Today, yeah. today, right? How, okay, before I ask for that, right, I'd like you to tell our parents here where they can find you because I know you've got some amazing, amazing courses, some amazing stuff on confidence, and we all need that. Where, where can, can they find you? Um, what I do, I have content I produce every, every week, and I can tell you I've had to have a coach who I paid very expensively. <laughs> for me to transition into into online i remember even i got in touch with 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 uh, with angie in the beginning but she was very busy <laughs> because it's 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 been a growth for me to really come online but it's because i feel there's a need to have content uh, that is helpful it is on my website www.dorothyatema.com and then i have webinars every two weeks i don't mm-hmm play them, uh, whereby I talk about my program. My program is actually called Invisible Normal, and I have written a book called Invisible Normal. The, the, the book actually 
has also to do with the program. It's a workbook for the program. Mm -hmm. um, and the program is an eight weeks uh, program uh, whereby you go through all the process I talked about, uh, the reality check and um, coming into, um, into knowing what is controlling you, checking with how do you, what do you need to let go, uh, looking whether you have any secrets or grown with any secrets and also looking at how do you change focus. We teach you how to change focus. If you need to change focus, we take you through a process. We have a three strategy step of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, and you see, I liked what you said that the forgiveness is not only about reading the Bible. When I was going through depression, I was a very strong Christian, but somehow I really needed to go through a process. That's why you need a coach. I needed to go through a process. And even if you're a Christian, Christian, you have to reveal to be healed. Yes. Revealing, yes. you know, it's, it's a process. And sometimes you, you, you cannot do it alone. You need help. You need a process that can help you through that. We also do, we also, in the eight weeks, we take you through six steps of believing in yourself and stop being a victim. Mm. So that, um, by the end of the program, you really know who you are. You know, you know where, where you didn't take responsibility to. It, it will be your insight yourself. You will find out here, I should have taken responsibility. What was my responsibility here? If my child was not behaving well, what was my responsibility in it? So we take you through steps of finding out um, where you've been a victim, where you need to take a responsibility and stand on your own. And we always in, in, in encourage the women who go through our program. After you've gone through it, your story will help somebody else. So actually in the, in the eighth week, we teach you how to tell your story. Whether you want to become a coach or not, you have to tell your story to, uh, to be able to tell your story in a way that it will help somebody else that they won't do the same mistakes that, like you have done. Mm -hmm. uh, and my book also follows the same sequence of eight, eight steps because after you've gone through our program, you kind of like learn how to coach yourself. Mm -hmm. So after that, if you have any other problem, you don't need to go to any other coach. You have the steps and you go with the workbook and you go with the book and you can go through. And that's what happens to me. I can, if I have a problem, I know how to find out how I have a problem. By the time we finish our program, you will know the indicators for you. Like for me, the indicators is I get, a, I get chest pain, then I know there's something stressing me. I eat too much, you know, so you will come out knowing what are your indicators to tell you something wrong. And mm -hmm. then you give yourself a pause and go through the, 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 the steps that we will, you will have gone through in our coaching. The same steps you coach yourself. So we actually say that I coach people to coach themselves out of problems. Wow, and that's and that's and that's how you're empowering them. You know, that's the way it should yes. be. In fact, in fact, one of the things I like about your program, Dorothy, is do you know many people, many, many people are dependent, either whether it's church or even sometimes with coaches. If you have been following someone for years and years and your life is not changing, you need to do something because. That person is not empowering you because what if someone is giving you things that help you grow, you need to grow to a point where you don't need them. In yes. fact, so success, even, even for us as parents, 
You know that you're successful when your kids don't need you anymore and they can stand by, by themselves. They can stand for themselves and you know they're going to be okay. And that's the same thing with a coach, right? And I like what, what you said about you teach people to take that self-responsibility to coach themselves so that when they are able to find their own solution, so they're not reliant or dependent on you. And, no. and that really, and, 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 and that's, and that's, um, that is so, 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 so powerful. So, so powerful. So today, tell us today, we've got, I, I'd like you to tell us three things that parents can do this week that's going to completely change or even begin to change their relationship with their kids. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, I mean, like it's, I know it's a big ask because it's, it's a behavior takes time, but mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not expecting if I tell you, for example, when I gave the 80, 20 rule and then mm -hmm. you it's a whole different game. No, behavior takes, mm -hmm. it's change. It takes time. In fact, we know, and that's why I like again about your eight week program, because we know in neuroscience that it takes about 63 days to change a behavior. So that time, the, the time they're taking to learn, to learn, to learn, that's how long it takes to shift. So I'm not suggesting that we, we don't do microwave solutions here or we don't have the magic pill. We don't do that. Hmm? <laughs> I will tell you something. I had, I had problems with controlling and, uh, and anger outbursts, and I can tell you it took five years to leave. So there are some things which will, will stay longer, you know? You, 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 you get out and you relapse. You yes. get out and you relapse, you know? But anyway, the three things, if I just think of the best thing I can tell to my best, best friend, mm -hmm. somebody I don't want to have a problem, and maybe they're having a problem with their child, yeah. it's really, um, if you can really, really come out of denial, Mm -hmm. really and look mm -hmm. at it now. nice uh, uh try to come out of yeah come out of denial there's something wrong I, there's there are no delinquent teenagers they're delinquent uh, there's problems always with the parents and i know that is very controversial it might sound very harsh mm. but after working so long with parents and even myself my own situation i know it is true and the children reflect us yeah even if we change now, when they were young, when they were following you, you were telling them everything and they were doing everything, you are already molding them then to what you're receiving now. You know, so mm -hmm. number one, come out of denial if you're having problems with your child mm -hmm. and look at yourself. First of all, take responsibility and look at what is my responsibility in this situation with my child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, number two, uh, if if possible, look for help. Look look mm -hmm. for, for look for somebody to walk alongside you or a group to walk alongside you. Mm -hmm. um, number three, I really really believe above all mm -hmm. uh, that we are not uh, just physical being and 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 just the mind. I, I do believe there's a spiritual dimension uh, to our lives. I do believe that all of us need to be aligned to why we are in this world. And there's mm -hmm. only one person who can, who can 
I mean, it, it is very important. If you are not aligned to what you're supposed to be doing here as a mother, then you don't have peace and you will not have joy. And, and sorry to be so, so, so direct and so, but it's something I strongly believe that you really need to be aligned to what you're here to do mm -hmm. in this earth, you know, at this time. It yeah. might change next time, but so it is important that you get to a point whereby you get that confidence of knowing I'm here at this time for this purpose. That's the confidence I'm talking about. I'm not talking about confidence of material or the best, the person who has the most is the happiest. I can tell you I had the most, I was the saddest. <laughs> the joy comes from you knowing who you are, what, what you're capable of doing and why you are here. And for me, that, that is, and it's so important for you when, the, when your children see you knowing who you are, mm -hmm. knowing what you're here to do and what you're capable to do and what you're not capable to do. Mm. The most beautiful thing, gift you can give to your children. Wow. So that's the third thing I think I would, uh, I would leave. And that's why we need help sometimes to get there. Oh, you can wow. never do it alone. You can't do it alone. Yeah, this is, this is, I, I tell parents a lot that, that we need a village to raise our kids. And, and gone are the days when people lived in villages and that. And, and it's very interesting because, you know, when, when our little kids are younger, we, we go to mothers and toddler groups. And then sometimes we go to little dancing groups and all that. But as they grow older, when they need us more and when the challenges are even more, we don't have forums like this. And that's why being in touch with Dorothy, being in touch with me, being in touch with, just don't do it alone. Just don't do it alone. Reach out. And like Dorothy said, you can reach out to her at, uh, at uh, is it www.dorothyatema? dot com and i wanted to give a, a free downloadable book for every person it is also it is it, it has exactly the eight steps of my program wow where is that yes it, they can get it it's a uh, it's now at the layout stage so i hope it will be out by june mm -hmm. and it, they can get it from www.bookinvisiblenormal.com so that's www.bookinvisiblenormal.com Yes, and it's going to be yes. a free download, downloadable, guys. Take yes. advantage of these, 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 uh, these material because one thing in there can change your life. It can change your life. And there's nothing as, as I say, relationships are very, very important, especially the relationships with our young people because these are people who life gave us to guide and to guard. Mm -hmm. What dynasty, what legacy are you living for them? That's why we need to be very conscious about it. Let's not parent by default. Let's design. Let's decide. I'm going to bring up the most healthy young person, the most highly effective young person not because you're making them do anything, but because you are such a great anchor and they can hold on to you. And when they hold on to you, they can flourish. 
because our kids don't do well because we force them into this, force them into that, force them in. That's not, well, that's not why they do well. They do well because they have us to hang on. And when they can hang on and then begin to throw their wings about, begin to move, feel safe, and then they can grow to their own potential, right? Mm -hmm. So I am so, so excited today. Have you got any sort of last minute um, points for us? Yes, thank you so much for having me, Angie. Really, thank you so much. And you know, um, I follow you everywhere. <laughs> I follow you everywhere. And I'm so glad that you allowed me to, to, to share with you. And I just hope somebody will take this seriously because this is not a joke. We are here because of our next generation and we are responsible for them. They are coming up to a world which is so uncertain, so uncertain. If you just look from COVID with Ukraine now, we don't know what's coming next. So if you are bringing up a child by your own design and by your own hands, making them to be insecure, how are they going to survive in an uncertain world? You know? Mm. So, yeah. So it's really our responsibility. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm sure that's why you're in this, in, in this um, work, actually, Angie, because this is a calling. You know, this is really a calling because we, we believe we have... Um, we have a responsibility to the next generation. Absolutely. Guys, I am so, so delighted. What a lovely, lovely conversation on today's Tuesday Tips for parents of teens here at Raising Remarkable Teenagers. And uh, guys, whatever you do, don't just be a listener. I yes. know you've had very good information. What I want you to do is Decide out of everything you've heard, what am I going to take action on? It could be from now on, I'm not going to speak to my kid in, in a shaming way, in a blaming way, right? Do something because that's how we get transformation from taking action on the information. So we will see you in our next session and I hope you have a lovely, lovely time. And uh, yes, we will speak to you soon. Bye-bye now.